Amen. God bless you. Amen. 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 Great to see you here on Sunday morning, seven days before Christmas. Get to take out the Christmas sermon. Amen. And talk about our favorite subject in this church. Jesus, amen. Uh, that's coming next Sunday, amen. Don't miss it, 10.30 uh, uh, in the morning. Uh, for now, if we turn into our Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, uh, Matthew chapter 6, we're going to look at a few things in Matthew chapter 6. Uh, we need to continue to pray. This, this, this kind of flu of viruses heading around people. People are here. People are getting viruses and so on and so forth. We need to pray against that. Can you say amen? So we can stay healthier, stay stronger. Even in these minus temperatures, we can stay fighting fit. Amen. Matthew chapter 6. We're going to read a couple of verses there. You know, there's a saying. There's a saying that is in, in many publications, um, in you know, many conversations, even in just corporate life, there's a normal saying here. It says, um, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Who's heard of that before? We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. And it's one of those sayings that you can put in a, a, a sentence and you're saying something. It's, it's a connotation. You're, you're understanding or you're understanding something has not happened yet. Uh, but it could happen. But we don't need to think about that now. We'll cross that bridge uh, when we come to it. For example, you can say, listen, I don't know uh, if I'm going to get on with people in my new class. But I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. Because right? it might not happen that way. You can say, listen, I don't know what we'll do if the bus doesn't come, but I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. Now, it's a good saying because it is saying, listen, we don't have to give too much thought or, or think about things that haven't happened yet. In other words, people do try and cross bridges they haven't come to yet. People spend a lot of time and a lot of energy uh, trying to figure out things that haven't actually come yet. Uh, and this is what I want to kind of focus on today. It's what I want to kind of speak about today. Uh, and hopefully God will minister to us through his word and, and we can be set through. What I want to talk about uh, is taking thought for things. Uh, we're going to read a, a, a portion of scripture that's very familiar, and it's to do with worry. But we're going to read it in the uh, King James Version, uh, because it says a particular word, and it says uh, uh, taking thought. And we'll look at that. Uh, and we're talking about this because worry uh, is uh, uh, something that we continue to do, even as believers. It is something that we sometimes do. We worry. And when we worry for long periods, uh, it can move over to anxiety and many times I speak to people I hear the word anxiety or I have anxiety sometimes they're young people or I have anxiety about this sometimes they're older people I'm anxious about this and anxiety really has a lot to bring with it and we're going to unpack of what anxiety does or anxiousness does to a person but first I want to look at some statistics I looked at some statistics and it says an average person's anxiety is focused on or focused on 40% on things that will never happen. 30% on things that are in the past that can't be changed. 12% on things that are, or people that criticize them that are usually untrue. And only 8% on problems, real problems that they will actually face. So only 8% of 
people's worries and stress and anxiety have to do with something that might actually happen. The rest is on things that will never happen or things that they can't change anyway. And the scripture we're about to read, it gives us, or Jesus Christ gives us the command, or the same command, three times. And we know that repetition is a form of emphasis, so it shouldn't be taken lightly. So I want to preach a sermon of entitled, uh, Travelling Light. Uh, and I want to preach that out of the book of Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse number 25. We're going to read here in a new King James, or sorry, in the King James Version here. It says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, uh, nor yet for your body uh, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meats and the body more than raiment or clothing before the fowls of the air for they sow not neither do they reap uh, nor gather in barns uh, yet your heavenly father feeds them um, are you not more than they which of you by taking thought can add one cubit to his stature and why take thought for, for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow and they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory is not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Wherefore, what shall be clothed? For all these things that the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows you have need of all these things. And we'll skip down to verse number 34. The Bible says, therefore, take no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. I want to look firstly at traveling light. You see, because the scripture we just read, the command he gave us continues to take no thought or take no thoughts for life. And it gives me a picture of carrying things with you. It says take no thoughts. Don't take anything extra with you. Gives me an idea, a picture of a journey that we're on. We're traveling through life and you need to travel light. Now listen, if you're like me, you travel light. I like to travel light. I could be going for a day. If I go for a day, listen, it's like a backpack and that's about it. If I go for a weekend, I can still fit stuff in a backpack and that's about it. A little kind of baggy and so on. And that's me. Even if I go for a week, just one of those little airplane suitcases, you know, those ones, I can take that and I'm fine. I'm good. My wife, on the other hand, is completely different. She can go somewhere for five minutes, right? And she'll have to pack a bag like she's moving house. I remember, oh my, I remember we went to a marriage seminar. Marriage seminar was two days. Two days. And we pack, you know, because of this, I know I find it funny. We pack individually because of that. Because I know how it's going to be. I take my little bag like this. Two days. All this little bag. She takes about two suitcases. I'm like, what? Okay, maybe not two seconds. Maybe one big suitcase. <laughs> she's not here, so she can't throw nothing at me. Come on, she's upstairs. Come on. One big suitcase for two days. Because she, the thing is, she packs for every single eventuality. Like, just think, what if this happens? If I do this, or if I'm eating food and I spill this on this food, and I have to have another piece of clothing to take this food. See, you ladies are nodding at me because you do the same thing. Come on now. <laughs> I like to travel light. And the reason I like to travel light is because I understand that I'm going to be carrying the bags. Come on. Come on. I'm going to be carrying this stuff with me. 
I'm gonna be dragging this stuff upstairs. Or we ain't gonna be taking no lift if the if the, the things on the top floor. We're gonna be taking upstairs. Who's gonna be carrying the bags? Me. So I like to travel light. And that's why I travel. And I get the picture when, when, when Jesus said, listen, take no thought because we're on a journey. We're going somewhere. Don't be carrying so much things with you because you'll be heavy. You'll be laid down. You'll be burdened because you're carrying things through life. The Bible says take no thought. Take no extra baggage because it's unnecessary. You ain't going to need it. It's not going to give you anything. You're not going to be able to continue to progress in life. That's why it says take no thought. I get the picture of thoughts like baggage. Take no thought. Similarly, airlines are concerned with weight. Now, I used to love when my parents used to travel anywhere because uh, the airline will give them a fixed amount of weight. I don't know what it is, 30 kg or 40 kg or something or so on. Uh, because they understand, listen, we need to understand the weight of the plane to maybe just make sure it's distributed properly because if we don't, we won't be able to take off. So we need to understand what's going on. But every time, if, especially if my parents are going uh, back to Ghana or coming back from Ghana, there's issues with weight. Issues. Now, they have these, these, these black and white, or sorry, blue and white bags. I don't know if you've seen them for, we call them Ghana Must Go. <laughs> you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? They'll go empty, but when they come back, they have, they have like fish, they have this, they have, I'm thinking, what, who are you trying to feed with all of this stuff? They have palm oil here, and I remember one time the palm oil split open and just mashed up everything, and a newspaper, <laughs> There's always issues with weight. Whenever you go to an airline and you see people go into maybe a Western African country, okay? Maybe there's a few to choose from. Huh? You see the queue is long. And you see somebody arguing at the desk. Why are they arguing? Because the weight is not... <laughs> Come on, you've done it before as well. I know, I can see you've done it. It says 30 kgs. Take 30 kgs. And you think, yeah, it's I'll be fine, I'll be fine. You weigh the thing, it's like 75. <laughs> Don't take no extra weight. No, because, because it's going to cost you. Come on. You bring the extra weight. It's going to cost you. You have to bring out the wallet because they're not going to just let you take out the extra weight. So I see that again, a picture of that. Another reason Jesus is saying don't take no thought because when you bring extra weight, listen, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you things. When you carry those things with you, you're going to have to take it. It's like a dead weight. Here, we need to understand. And the idea of take no thought or taking thoughts, the idea behind it is like a continuous action. It's not just a one-off. It's continually taking something with you, dragging something with you. And when Jesus is saying take no thought, he's literally saying travel light. Because when you continue to have thought like that, you continue to bring it down. Listen, you're going to be weighed down through life. Weighed down through your relationships. When he said, take no thought, he was saying, don't carry unnecessary burden. And that's why Peter said, listen, cast your cares on him. Because he cares for you. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Don't take your own burdens with you. Take mine, it's light. Walk through with a light burden, with a light yoke. You ever met someone who just looks low, who just looks down and just looks troubled? 
Why? Because they're taking thought, they're worrying, they're anxious, they're being pulled down by something day after day, they're thinking about something, they're, they're, they're contemplating about something and it's going round and round in their heads, they could be taking too much thought for things. Look at Proverbs 12 and verse number 25, the Bible says, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. You ever met somebody that's depressed? Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. And here we go with depression. Depression is a huge burden. Something you carry with you going through. Now all of a sudden things you used to enjoy are not enjoyable anymore. The food you used to like to eat, you don't even like to taste it anymore. Why? Because of baggage. Because of a burden. And that's why Paul wrote to the Philippian church and said, listen, be anxious for what? Nothing. Because all it does is weigh you down. All it does is bring you down. And so the Bible says, take no thought for these things because all it does is bring you down. It doesn't change anything. It just pulls you down. Now I want to have a balance as well because when you take that scripture here, it says, take no thought for your life. I like it in the King James Version. Take no thought for your life. We need to balance that. Because take no thought for your life is not the same as saying take no plans for your life. Okay, come on now. Take no thought for your life. Uh, the word behind it, the Greek word behind it uh, is to do with uh, 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 a care or an anxious thought. Take no anxious thoughts for your life. It's not the same as planning them because we need to plan. We have to, we have, to have a balanced life. Uh, listen, the newer translations in the scripture, they say don't worry. The same verse it says don't worry uh, because of that word behind it. Uh, and we need to understand that uh, you know we need to take thought for our life. We need to understand we need to plan things. Listen to Luke 14 and verse 28 to, to 30. The Bible says, For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he has laid the foundation is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. So listen, we understand. We don't want to pervert the word of God here. Jesus is saying, take no thought. Don't worry. But he's, saying, but he's not saying, listen, you should just be absent-minded. Don't think at all. Come on. He's not saying you should not take any, you should not take any precautions. You need to understand that. So now people say, they read that scripture, listen, take no thought, don't worry. Listen, I don't need to turn up, turn up to work on time. My Bible says I shouldn't worry. Come on, no, no, no. We should be the best workers. Can you say amen in this place? Someone that serves Christ should be the best worker. People say, listen, I don't need a financial plan. I don't need to worry. Listen, no, 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 no. We have to stand, we have to understand that we can be wise to use money as a tool. Come on, we should master money. It shouldn't master us. So we should have a balance. Yes, we need to think about life. We need to have some plans. But what our scripture is telling us is do not become anxious for those things. Do not become compelled to think about things day and night to the point where you are worried. And I'm saying this because it is so easy to worry about things. Come on, it's so simple to worry about things. My wife often tells me there's something called a mother's worry. Where, you know, we have four beautiful children. 
Um, but she tells me this thing called a mother's worry, where she's always worrying about her children. And if you know, something happens, someone, you know, don't do that, you'll trip. Don't do that, you'll fall. Don't do that, you'll hurt yourself. Just continue like that. I don't know what it is about me. I don't know if I'm just laid back. I'm like, hey, it's cool. Hey, you just, someone, someone falls in the house. Do you hear that? And she's like, oh my goodness, what happened? And I'm like, oh, I'm sure they'll be fine. <laughs> I don't, maybe I'm too I'm too far that way. I need to come in the middle of it. But it's just a, she tells me that it's something that and you know when something I'm at, I'm at night I'm asleep and she'll hear like a pin drop. She'll wake up, go check on the children. Me, I'm asleep until the morning. I don't know what's happening. But when you work, you continue to think, I mean, that's a blessing. But if you continually do this, um, you continually bring this out. Um, you know, worry can have effects on your own body. We know that, right? There's something called emotionally induced illness. And the doctors in the house will tell you that more than 60% of illnesses are referred to emotionally induced. In other words, they've come along because of our emotions. And worry is one of those emotions that can have an effect in your body. And it's a horrible cycle because people can worry themselves sick. You've heard that saying, I was worried sick. Well, that's, there's a link to that because when you worry, you can worry yourself sick. And it's such a, a horrible cycle because you can worry yourself sick and then be worried about the sickness that you have because of worry. Come on. And now you're worried about the sickness, which means you're worrying even more, which means that the sickness you have just opened up, gets worse because now you're worrying about more things. And it's a horrible, vicious cycle. This is why we are commanded do do because... Sometimes people think that if you're going through things, uh, just saying the word don't worry would help. How many know that doesn't actually help? Picture this. Listen, you're going through a financial situation. Maybe there's, there's one income in the house. Maybe the, the, the energy bills are so high you can't afford to, to, to pay the, the heating, but it's cold outside. Come on. Maybe inflation is taking us now where even filling your car with petrol becomes a problem. And maybe you're looking at your workplace and they're talking about redundancies and thinking about where well, we have to do this. Maybe you've got children and you need to provide a school uniform. Maybe there's car problems and, and somebody comes to you in the midst of all of that and just says don't worry and walks off well that's not dealing with the issue don't worry because that's easier said than done don't worry be fine listen that's not going to cut it we need to understand where this comes from we need to understand what is happening here why am I taking thought like this why am I going through my head thinking about this thinking about that we need to understand where worry comes from and worry is the root or comes from fear and think about it no one understands, or, or, or sorry, we all understand uh, fear. We all understand what it is because when you worry, you're literally worried about something that is negative. That's why it comes from fear. Nobody is worried about something positive. Nobody says, man, I'm so worried. They might give me a raise at work. <laughs> Can't sleep at night. Somebody told me he's going to give me a million pounds. Can't sleep at night. What am I going to do? How am I going to spend that? <laughs> no one worries about something positive. No one worries about the, the, the good things. So that's why worry comes from fear. We worry about things, uh, the negative things that happen. Uh, and the problem with fear is that fear can begin to cripple our lives. And we understand that it is perfect love that casts out fear. 
You know how many times the Bible says, fear not, fear not. Someone gave a nice anecdote. There's the Bible says, fear not, 365 times. So there's one for every day. I'm not sure how true that is, depending on what version you read. But it's nice to hear. It's nice to say, isn't it? But there is. The Bible says, fear not, because of what fear can do. The Bible says, fear not, because of the way it cripples people. The Bible says, fear not, because of the way it takes people out. And I want to look at three things that fear will hinder. The first thing fear will hinder is profession. Now, I don't mean profession as in your job. I mean profession as in declaring things. Because fear or, or fear will ask the question, um, you know, what will people think? So if you come to go and profess your love for Christ or profess uh, your allegiance to Christ or profess or witness to somebody, uh, fear is something that will bring you back because you ask the question, well, what people think? And now when you say, listen, I want to go on outreach, I want to preach, I want to witness, uh, you're worried about that. And you're thinking, okay, what will people think? What if I mess up? So fear will hinder your profession or it will hinder your declaration. Fear will also hinder your progression. Fear will not let you continue on or go forward because fear asks the question, what if it doesn't work out? You know, one of the things I used to be before uh, I got saved, before Jesus Christ came into my life, uh, was very, very timid. Very, very timid. As in unbelievably timid and shy to the point where I wouldn't do certain things in the fear of it not working out. Something will happen, something will go, and an opportunity will open up, and I wouldn't step out into it because my fear is, well, what if it doesn't work out? What if this happens? And because of that fear, I was not able to progress in anywhere in life. I wouldn't be uh, um, applying for jobs, I wouldn't be, because what if I don't get it? What if this happens? I wouldn't be speaking to the opposite sex. What if she, uh, what if she turns me down? Hey, that was me. That was me. That was a fear would, would grip me and it was stopped. It hindered progression. It hindered me going forward because fear is there to cripple you. Fear stops you from progressing forward. What are you meant to progress forward to this year? What things has God promised you that you're meant to take and possess that fear is holding back? Fear will stop your profession. It will stop your progression. And fear will also stop your possession. It will stop you possessing things. Because fear asks the question, well, what if I lose it? What if something bad happens? And, you know, the what if question also, it just brings around bad tidings. And what if this and what if that? And listen, we need to take a, a leaf at what Jesus is saying. He says, take no thought for that. New King James, don't worry about that because worry can't do anything anyway. Worry doesn't build you up. Worry actually just takes you down. Worry doesn't give you any answers. It just keeps you pondering and pondering and pondering. What we need to do is starve fear and feed our faith. Can you say amen in this place? We need to push away what people are saying and bringing it out. And now we're just walking and trafficking in fear. We need to allow our faith to rise up and bring us into the promised land. Can you say amen in this place? One of the things that stopped the children of Israel entering into the promised land was what? Fear. They went to spider land and said, nah, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. Fear. 
There's only two that said, now we can do it. There's only those two that actually went and carried on and progressed and possessed it. I want to talk lastly in our, in, our, in, our, in our text about adding cubits to our life. And the Bible says, or Jesus said, which of you by taking thought can add one cubit to his stature? In other words, which of you by worrying can do anything to your life? Which of you can, by worrying, and can make yourself grow an inch taller? Which of you can do that? So if worrying doesn't do it, we need to look at what will actually add to our life. You know, I picked up an illustration, Pastor David Ireland um, in the US, uh, uh, an author and a PhD, he mentioned uh, um, uh, a, a pilot in the early aviation times um, where a pilot would go and um, he would um, take he would take off and he wanted to travel around the world uh, uh, in the pilot. I think he wanted to be the first to do that. Uh, uh, and he, what he did, he, he would go and travel and land and as normal, land in a, in a, in a runway in a different country, uh, sit down there for a night and come back. Uh, I can't remember where, which country it was he landed, but he landed and he was ready to take off. And as he, t- he, as he took off, he started to cruise on a normal, low altitude. Uh, he started to hear the, the gnawing of a, of, an, of a rodent, like the scratching of a rodent inside the plane. And he's thinking, listen, if this rat or rodent chews through a vital cord, I won't be able to control the plane. And he says that worry was about to set into his heart. He was starting to say, what if he bites through the steering column? What if, he, what if this? And before he let worry uh, consume him, what he did was he said, listen, these rats or these rodents can't live at high altitudes. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to climb and I'm going to climb. He went up 10,000 feet, 20,000 feet, 30,000 feet until the point where he heard, he didn't hear the scratching anymore because he knew at that height, the rat couldn't survive. And when he, he, he landed next in his next country, he searched the plane and there he saw the dead rat because he knew that it couldn't survive in that altitude. Church, I want to, see, I want to say that worry is like that rodent. If you're living in the, the low altitudes, uh, it will come, it will continue to fester or do, through, do its damage. Uh, but if you go through and lift up the altitudes with faith, uh, if you lift up your life with faith and live in a, uh, the altitudes of faith, uh, listen, worry will not be able to stand. Uh, if you say, uh, I'm going to take my life up and hang on to the promises of God, uh, worry won't be able to stand and function in your life. Uh, listen, when it ke- begins to come uh, and start to flourish uh, and you start to get those thoughts, all you've got to do is remember the promises of God and say, listen, worry is not going to take me out because I know I serve a God that is my provider. Can you say amen in this place? Look at Psalms 27 and verse number one here. Uh, We want to open this up here. Open this up here. Psalms 27 and verse uh, uh, number one. The Bible says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the, is, is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Uh, though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. Can you say amen in this place? We have no reason to fear. And listen, I want to profess this as well. So just humor me right now. I'm going to say, uh, some uh, some statements and I just want you to say don't worry. Is that good? Let's practice. Say don't worry. Don't worry. 
I want you to say that after every statement we're going to say that. Okay, listen. It doesn't change anything, so... Come on. We serve a God who will provide, so... God is our safety and he will protect us, so... God is gracious that he can even prevent things from happening, so... And even if he doesn't prevent it, he will take us through, so... Come on, we have to not worry because that's the God that we serve. Listen, if we're going through things, we need to remember that he is our provider. Can you say amen in this place? He is our strength and he is our security. Can you say amen in this place? And even if we have to go through the fire, listen, he is going to take us through the fire. We don't have to worry that these things are going to burn us. Listen, we, don't need, we can walk through the fire. We don't even smell of smoke. We can stand up and say, don't worry because we know our Savior. We know who it is that's coming through. And we need to understand that, listen, if somebody, a random person just came and said, don't worry. Listen, it might not have impact. But Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, He is the one that says, don't worry. Because He loves you. Can you say amen in this place? Come on now. Amen. And I said all of that to say this because there is so much that we can worry about. There's so much in our lives nowadays. There's so much to contend with uh, that we can lay awake and worry. People have issues, stomach problems. You know, stomach ulcers are, are, are usually attributed to some form of worry or anxiety. You know, there's random sicknesses, random illnesses. You know, sometimes I feel sorry for GPs because they, they, they have to diagnose uh, some random... You think, what kind of, where did this rash come out of? Just, this rash just came out of nowhere or this, this pain just come out of nowhere and this, this vomiting just come out of nowhere and the GP, God bless them, has to kind of medicate them with something physical to try and deal with something that's spiritual. We need, we've got a few saved doctors. We need some more saved doctors, amen. Amen in this place. Uh, Dr. Toby's one of them right here. I know probably lays hands and prays on people quietly before they come. You know, come on. Because we understand that there's so much to worry about. There's so many things to worry about. And, and people, you know, I've met somebody who says, oh, I'm just a warrior. I just worry. They didn't say warrior as in like, yes, I'm a warrior. No, no, they said I'm a warrior. As if that's an accolade to, to have, as if something, some, some sort of badge of honor to wear. No, that's terrible. Because all you do is sit in a corner, you don't do anything with the worry, you just let it come and over and over in our mind. Worry, get gray hair, get wrinkles. Come on, just listen, it is not good for us. That's why Jesus said it three times do not worry, take no thought. And I'm saying it right here, right now, because there's people under the sound of my voice. I know there is. With a, a crowd this size, there's people under the sound of my voice. You're worrying. <laughs> you're worrying. Come on, you're worrying. And if you admit it, you say, you know what? Yeah, yeah, I'm worrying. I'm worrying. This is a simple command from Jesus Christ. Don't worry. And I'm not just saying they're empty. Don't worry because there is a God in heaven who can see the end from the beginning. You can't see the future. That's why it's what you're thinking, what if this, what if that is a pain? Listen, give it over to Christ. And you know when, when the Bible, when Peter says, cast your cares, or in another version, it says, uh, listen, cast your worries. It casts, like, give it over. What you actually have to do is give it. 
And, it, and it's simple because we, we understand that. Or sometimes we don't understand what actually giving means. Listen, if I, if I have my phone right here right now and I gave it to Toby right now and you come ask me for my phone, I don't have that no more. Go speak to Toby. I've given it over. And that's what we've got to do with our worry. Listen, you used to be worried about something, anxious for something, thinking fearful. If we fully give it over to Christ, as First Peter 5 tells us to do, and give our worries over. When the devil comes, try to tell you about, oh, what happens if this? Or what if you don't make this? Your car's just broken up. How are you going to live? Say, listen, devil, you can't speak to me about that no more. I don't have that worry no more. I've given it over to Christ. You want to speak to someone? You go speak to the Savior of the universe. Go on, go speak to Jesus Christ. I don't have that worry no more. I've given it over. Christ cares for me and he's taken the burden. And now I I am just walking free. Now I am traveling light with just my handbag, my carry-on luggage. I don't have excess weight anymore because I've given it over to Jesus Christ. And when you fully do that, listen, you can live an abundant, free life, just walking through, allowing God to deal with everything because he is the one that sees the end from the beginning anyway. He knows what's around the corner. He knows what's going to happen. Oh, don't you thank God that we have a God who cares for us in this place thank you Jesus you know one of the things I you know it's, it's a blessing it's a gift from God one of the things my my wife says that I am she says that I'm laid back and I, I count it as a blessing uh, because things can go wrong just around us and it's like oh that's broken oh well <laughs> Sometimes it frustrates us. She's like, what do you mean? Oh, well, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? Sometimes it's just easier just to say, hey. <laughs> because when I start to worry about, listen, sometimes, listen, sometimes even, even it's a bit feedback, it's a little bit down. Sometimes, because if you think about it, sometimes I think about the finances in my house. Listen, I don't know if I've said it before. There's one wage in my house and there's six people. If I spend too much time trying to calculate and think about how we're all going to live, listen, I'm going to be gray-haired out here. I'm going to be like, so sometimes I just have to say, you know what? Hey, it is what it is. And just carry on walking. I have to. I believe that's why I'm still here and I'm still breathing. I haven't got no ulcers and stuff because if I had to think, I had to worry about this kind of thing. Listen, my car broke down the other day. There's six of us. Uh, My wife's car, seven-seater, broke down. It's on my drive right now. You can come to my house. You can come see it. It's like a statue. I put the car, put the key in the ignition. I turned it. You know, sometimes it goes. This time I turned it. That's the sound it made. Is your car ever done that? I turned it. I turned it again. I said, No, 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 Lord, Lord, we need, we need this car. I turned it again. That's the sound. I'm not gonna do it a third time. I said, You know what? Okay, I shut the door. Shut the door. Say, Okay. God is going to have to provide a car from somewhere. (laughs) And the thing is, I serve a God who is a provider. Come on now. Come on. So some way, there's going to be a car in in my possession at some point, at some point in time. I don't know how, I don't know when. But there's no use in me worrying about, oh my goodness, we haven't got a car. What are we going to do? We're going to do, I can sleep at night. How would that change the situation? It would not. So I'm going to take the advice of Lord Jesus Christ. And take no thought for those things. Because the Lord knows I have need of those things. Simple sermon this morning, but a profound one. 
Because we all worry about things from time to time. And I'm here to tell you, I believe God sent me here to tell you this. Seven days before Christmas, don't worry. Come on now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, there's people here worried, sleeping, not sleeping. Listen, Jesus Christ is reminding you. Listen, I've got you covered. Jesus Christ is reminding you, I have you in my hand. He reminds you that, listen, I care for you. I care for you so much that I came and died for you. Oh, don't worry. Church, we're going to spend some time praying. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Don't worry. Travel light. Maybe you're in this place and you don't think you can travel light. You have to carry these burdens and baggage with you because you don't know where else to put them. You have nowhere to go with them. Maybe you're in this place, you're thinking, I have to hold on to these because I don't know what's going to happen. Yes, it's true, you don't know what's going to happen. We don't see the future. The future belongs to God and God alone. It's in His hands. One thing we do know is that we're all heading towards that time where we have to step across into eternity. We all head on towards that time where we have to breathe our last. We're nothing but dust. And we're going to return there. So that we do know. But the travesty is that people that cross that line or enter into eternity without casting their cares on Christ. They enter into eternity burdened enter into eternity burdened with worries but also burdened with sin with the bad things we've done in life the news is that Jesus Christ came over 2,000 years ago we're celebrating him coming as a baby he came on a mission he came to bear those burdens for you came to pay the price the debt that you owe Everything we've done that's against God's law is called sin. And it's the sin of the world that burdened Christ. But he did that willingly. He took it and was killed a criminal or a criminal's death. But on the third day, he rose again and conquered death, successfully conquered death. And he did that so that you can live. He did that so that you can have an opportunity. So if you're here in this place and you don't know where you would go if you were to die today and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, well right now now can be your chance, can be your opportunity to let Jesus Christ be your Lord and Savior. What I want you to do is raise your hand as a sign to me and I'll count it a privilege to pray with you in this place. You want Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. You want to be set free from sin. That's you. You want a new beginning. Jesus Christ in your life, raise your hand in this place. Maybe you're backslidden, maybe you've you've done the church thing before, but uh, after a while, uh, you know, you've gone back to the world and you're living for your own uh, needs again. Listen, 
I want you to come back to Christ. Rededicate your life to Jesus Christ in this place. Unsaved or backslidden in this place. Uh, raise that hand. I'll pray with you. Count it the privilege uh, to lead you uh, in a prayer. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father in heaven. Talking to Christians in this place. The Bible says, take no thought. I'm preaching to myself also. Because there is a tendency, there is a temptation that we can just worry about things. Listen, we should plan, we should make uh, uh, plans, we should have financial plans, we should have you know, plans about how we're going to do things, where we're going to live. And yes, we should do all of that, plan all of that, that's wise, that's wisdom, have to make some good choices, good decisions. And, but we shouldn't worry about things. We shouldn't take on that extra burden, take on those thoughts. We need to travel light. And worry is just extra unnecessary burden. Travel light. And as you travel light, you begin to sleep better. You begin to see that you're not getting ill as much. You begin to see these, these, these random uh, ailments and diseases that pop up out of nowhere will, will just subside because it's the anxiety of man that kind of dries up the bones, the Bible says. And you know that dry bones, that causes all sorts of issues, all sorts of problems. We're here, we need to let go and let God let go of things, actually cast it onto him. And how do we cast? We lay a hold of his pro- promises. We read his word, we pray and we meditate on those things and we leave everything else up to God. And watch God miraculously bring you through. And you can look back and say, what was I worried about? Why did I lose sleep over that? Church, we need to remember in this simple yet profound sermon, we shouldn't worry. We shouldn't plague our thoughts with worry. Let's set ourselves free. And what I want us to do as a symbolic, as a receiving of this word, is that if there's something on your mind, and there's something that has been on your mind, and you, you, you even used to say, listen, I'm a warrior. That's what I do. I worry about things. I, I think what if, what if. And what I want us to do today is lay it at the altar. Whatever it is, if it's people, if it's a situation, if it's something, and you take that. You've been carrying it anyway. You take that. You carry it for the last time down this altar and lay it down at this altar. And when you go back to your seat, you never pick it up again. So if that's you, listen, I want to invite you to come and pray. Come and find a place in this altar right now. If you've got something, come, carry it with you. Yes, but make it the last time you carry it with you. And as you come, you lay it down at this altar. You kneel down, find a place to pray at this altar. And you come, whatever it is that's plaguing you, that's worrying you, that's, that's causing you to lose sleep, causing you to be anxious in mind. Carry it one last time and one last time only. And then right here, right now, we're going to lay it down.
bound before God. And as we return, we're going to return light. We're going to return empty-handed, leaving it. Bible says, cast your cares on him because he cares for you. Oh, don't call him a liar. He said he cares for you, so believe it. If you've got something that you're worried that's burdened you, listen, bring it, carry it for the last time and carry it right here, right at this altar. We're making an altar before God right here this morning and let's lay it down in this place. Begin to pray. Pray, say, God, I give you this. Name it, whatever it is, if it's a person, if it's a situation, name it before God right now and say, I give you this. I cast it onto you. You said I should cast my cares onto you because you care for us. Cast it, leave it right here at the altar. Father, we thank you, Lord God. We bless your name, Lord Jesus. God, we come.